Hey y'all, it's Lauren Ash. Hey, it's Zakiya Najiba. Welcome to the Black Girl Gnome podcast. Black Girl Gnome creates space for women of color to breathe easy. Through our podcast and our entire lifestyle brand, we promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color, and we encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Yay, episode 10. Whoop, 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 whoop. Running man, running man, running man. No, but seriously, it's awesome that at the top of the year, we did not even know we were going to be doing a podcast, and here we are. Here we are, y'all, and thanks to our amazing and beautiful audience, we have been able to continue doing our podcast, so we just want to send a special thank you to all of our listeners and folks who um, have been included into our community. Exactly, exactly, and... uh, you know, if you are just joining for the first time randomly in episode 10, we kind of just wanted to take some time to talk about Black Girl and Ohm. Um, we definitely encourage you to also go and listen to our first episode. We kind of give an overview of our origins and our purpose. But we're going to take just a little bit of time to do that right now for y'all, if that's cool with you. So Black Girl Gnome, as mentioned in the opening of our show, is all about holistic wellness for women of color. So we activate this mission through many different ways. Our podcast, obviously, um, we are an actual um, organization. So we have a home base of Chicago. You can catch us in person every second Sunday of the month for Black Girl Gnome Self-Care Sunday, which is yoga, meditation, Typically, it's it's guided by me, but sometimes we rotate with some other yoga instructors as well. And uh, what am I missing, Z? What else we got going on? Oh, so we also want to have, you know, a welcome and a little shout out to our friend Dion Ivory. She has joined the Black Girl and Home team, and we are so thankful and grateful to have her a part of our team, and she will be facilitating all of the delicious and beautiful visual content that Black Girl and Ohm will be releasing in the near future. Yeah. So yeah, sending some love out to Dion. Yes. And uh, it's, it's really great being a part of a team of fabulous Black women who are really cultivating something that we need right now, um, representation within the wellness industry, um, positive images of women of color, sharing in community with one another and sharing resources and information related to self-care and wellness and healing. Um, I, you know, I think that we've always needed this, but right now, obviously with so much that's happening, I think in our like social and political landscape, we arguably need it more than ever. So definitely shout out to Dion for joining us in, in that. Um, if you haven't yet, check out our website. So blackgirlnome.com is where you can find our online publication. Every single Monday, we release four new pieces um, by our fabulous contributors. If you're a writer and you have something to say about um, health, wellness, beauty, self-care, anything related to those topics, just shoot an email to editor at blackgirlnome.com and we can chat about including you as one of our contributors. Um, and yeah, I mean, Black Girl is always growing. Um, we have so much on the horizon that we want to offer retreats, retail, like honestly, like the sky's the limit. (laughs) And so if you ever have ideas too, you can slide in the DMs, (laughs) 
slide in the inbox. Uh, you can always tweet us as well. We sincerely, sincerely love hearing from every one of you. And even if we can't get back to you, we read everything that comes our way. So today it's just Z and I, but this is how we started. This is great. It's nice to have guests, but it's also just nice to chat with It's you. nice to just like let out whatever needs to be released and mm-hmm. have conversation. Yes. So... So what have you been been up to lately? I've been up to some things, just a few things. Um, I have some new projects that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. I also recently started a new job and a new role, so I'm excited about that as well. Can you share a little bit about it? Um, Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think this year, one of my intentions at the beginning of the year was to really put more energy into my practice and um, purpose as a visual artist. And so a lot of people are familiar with me as being, you know, a photographer, as being art director for Black Girl in my Own. But I'm also really interested in facilitating a more rigorous um, art practice. And so I recently... Um, got a position at the MCA as a teaching artist and teaching artist guide. So I'm really excited about this for one, because I'm so passionate about accessibility in regards to art and art education. And so I'll be working with youth who aren't, you know, exposed to art and um, certain institutions on a daily basis. And so I'm really excited to, you know, just share some knowledge, learn from them and really expand what it means to be a teaching artist and what it also means to be a student again, because I also miss that as well. I'm also um, working on an upcoming photo campaign for Chicago, and it's around queer folks of color and performance and art, and it's called Queer, Ill, and Okay. Great name. Yeah, I know. I love it. (laughs) Some folks in Chicago may have already heard of it, but it's really this project that facilitates narratives around folks who are queer identified and living with HIV. And it's an amazing project that was started. And so I'm really excited to work on that and really create portraits that are meaningful and, you know, capture folks who really need to, like, get their story out. So, yeah, those are some of the things I'm working on. And... I'm really excited. I just love creating art. You know, I love photographing. I love putting my energy into that. So I'm just really excited about Mm -hmm. that. And then also working on a photo project that is surrounded of like black women and like how they're like shaping culture in Chicago and other black femme identified folks. So yeah, a lot on the horizon (laughs) and more, but I don't have time to talk about everything. No, but I think it's great. I mean, I think that a lot of people who might not know us in in like real life, IRL, Mm -hmm. um, know that we're doing a lot. Like we we both do lead a lot of the efforts for Black Girl Known. But in addition to that, when we look at both of our calendars, it's filled in (laughs) with some really great stuff. So um, hopefully all of you listening appreciate when we share a little bit more about all of our dimensions. Um, I'm also excited about the month, the month of October. Um, September was kind of a hard month for me. And so I feel like I'm like the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Right That's now. exactly how I feel. <laughs> I think September was hard yes. for a lot of people, especially during like 
the retrograde, retrograde like retrograde. i was snatching my edges nah, snatching my roots i don't have any hair left on my head after <laughs> september it was it was not a good look. it was awful so but you know some of the, sometimes those those seasons are necessary so um so i'm glad that i went through it and i'm now a lot more grateful for for the opportunities that are coming my way but i'm really excited a couple of things are on the horizon um some of you might uh, access the really awesome online platform for creative women called Design Sponge. It's founded by Grace Bonney. And I'm really excited that I'm going to be a part of her book tour stop in Chicago on the 16th of October. Congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. Like when she invited me to do it several months ago. I love Design Sponge. I know. It's great. <laughs> and both you and I have written on it. Yeah. So, um, if you're interested in reading our articles, just go to her site and like search for Zakia Najiba and Lauren Ash and you'll find them. But um, it's a really great platform. And her tour is for her new book called In the Company of Women, which basically celebrates and illuminates um, different creative entrepreneurial women who are doing dope things. So um, I'm going to be on uh, a panel alongside other really awesome local Chicago women and Grace is going to engage us in a conversation. So it's at the Music Box Theater. I'd love to see some of you who are in Chicago um, that night. Uh, another thing that's on the horizon for me this month is I'll be speaking at Well Summit in New York um, the weekend of October 20th. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like, I wanted to do it last year. I feel year. like New York is, like, becoming your second home. It is. So all of you Maybe that's York? a sign. It might be a sign. Just put it out there. <laughs> Part of me feels like my next move in terms of where I want to live is going to be somewhere warm. But if opportunities come up and it makes sense for me to move to New York, absolutely. Because, um, yeah, I've already been there twice this year and I'm going there at least twice more before the end of the year. So, you know, I like New York. The universe is always sending us signals. Exactly. So, well, Summit, um, I'm going to be there speaking <coughs> and engaging all the women who come in a uh, really cool, well, I think it's cool, meditation station. It's basically going to be a collective mixtape for healing. So everyone who comes, we're basically going to contribute all of our mantras, all of our affirmation, all of our you know words of affirmation that we enjoy, and some positive music and compiling like basically a group, a group meditation, meditation. and mantra mixtape. So it's going to be really awesome. I'm very much looking forward to it. And I think I'd like to actually do something similar with the Black Girl-Known community here. So we're going to have to talk about that program soon. But things are That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. And I also have an interview tomorrow for something major. So hopefully on the next episode, it will manifest according to how I hope it manifests. <laughs> and I can share it with everyone then. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We are looking forward to that. Yes. Um, and I think we both agree that the biggest thing that has happened to us lately is Solange's album. Solange's album in the past couple of days has, has been the biggest thing that has happened to the world. I feel like, um, yes. and I was just having a conversation about the album with our producer, James, who's amazing. He's sitting right next to, next to us. Hey James. Hey James. <laughs> and we were just talking about how, this album is like really a testimony, a manifesto for being unapologetically black. 
And the fact that she, it took her like eight years, well, four years to record the entire studio album, but she's essentially been working on it for like eight years. Right. And to like feel the result of it is just act, it's just like amazing. Like it gives me a different perspective on, you know, how to create like meaningful art, meaningful projects. And like the fact that it took her that long to create something like this blows my mind because like you can feel it in listening to it and you can like feel her like and what her experiences have been like as a black identified woman and how that's affected her and I think it's it's beautiful no absolutely sonically visually it's it's amazing I completely agree and what you're what you're saying right now actually made me remember a friend of mine who texted me this morning um, Solange, Solange's album reminded me to take my time. Um, my dissertation, she's a PhD student, my dissertation can have a prayer of being the masterpiece that it can be. I also realized yesterday that I'm rarely or rather never just doing one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So that was all inspired by Solange's album. And, um, you know, Solange's album definitely speaks a lot to self-care and in particular, her whole process for it, as you were saying, speaks to the importance of just like taking your time and moving with intention and not letting other people hurry you along and mm-hmm. not letting yourself hurry you along. Right. Because I think for me, sometimes I put these deadlines on myself. Well, you know this all the time. <laughs> I put these Uh-oh. deadlines on myself, <laughs> and I also put deadlines, like, I think for, like, the Black Girl Gnome team, and right. they're very ambitious, which, on the one hand, is a great thing. It's, like, right. it's awesome to, like, have these aspirations and beliefs that we can get things done mm-hmm. within a certain time frame, but sometimes certain things, desire marination, you know, it's like mm-hmm. cooking, desire mar- involve, like, marination and involve, um, like, the TLC that only time can bring, and... I'm sure that she could have released it sooner, but it would not have been the very clear masterpiece right. that it is. Right. You can't put a deadline on quality and like a magnified vision. Like I just don't right. believe in that. And so I think that in listening to the album, you can really hear and feel like how much intention she put, even like how much intention she put into the album, even with like the interludes that she has throughout the entire album. Right. And I'm just like, oh my God, like she puts so much thought into it. And there's like so many layers. Like every time I listen to the album, there's like always something new that I feel like I'm catching. Yeah. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And she's one of the greats. She's one of the greats, y'all. She is. We can transition now to the topic of the day. Um, some of you may have seen the other day I posted on the Black Girl Gnome Instagram about the fact that I'll be turning 29 next month, November. I'm a Sagittarius. Shout out to all my Sagges out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, it's like my last year in this decade. I am not afraid of turning 30 by any means. And you shouldn't be. I think 30s are like low key sexy. Yeah. I feel, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like when... (laughs) I hit 30, I, that's going to be, like, my prime. I feel like 30 is, like, the year where, like, you just completely come into formation of, like, who you are, what you want. You're not taking any bullshit. Yeah. You know who you are. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I feel like 30 is like a beautiful space to be in. I completely agree. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. And at the same time, I just want to make sure that I'm really reflecting on like what I have learned in my 20s um, and allow what I've learned to then inform like the rest of my life and in particular my 30s. Um, and so, and I know that you also recently celebrated your birthday. Yes. <laughs> I belated. just turned 25. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm five years away from 30. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have five years to get my life together. You no, know I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think I was just thinking about what we talk about on the show today. And um, with this perspective of both of us turning one year older, I thought about, identifying 10 things as a whole. So five you, mm. five me, things that we know for sure. Um, I'm going to be writing a piece that I'll share on my birthday on Black Girl Gnome um, called 29 Things I Know For Sure. It's going to be a lot, so I'm starting this now. <laughs> and this podcast will hopefully help me kind of process some of the things for that piece. But um, yeah, I'm excited. And for all of you listening, like Zakia and I didn't even talk about our ideas beforehand so it's going to be news what she says and it's going to be news what I say and um, at the end we're also going to be sharing some of the things that some of you shared in response to the post the other day um, and if you have any things that you know for sure that you'd want to continue to share just tweet us at Black Girl Gnome or send us an email um, and let us know the things in your life that because of your experiences and your perspective you know is your truth like truth with a capital T and like no one can take it away from you um, I think there's a power in owning our experiences. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So I'll, I guess I'll start off. Um, so one of the things I know for sure is something I'm still learning. I think that's actually the case with all of these things. Yes. <laughs> we are always learning something. Exactly. Never stops. Yeah. So one of the things that I can definitely say I've learned for sure within my 20s is um, don't take anything personally. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good one. It's very difficult, very challenging, <laughs> but it is definitely a truth. I've learned it again and again. Um, in particular, I am thinking of this in relation to um, the four agreements, which I feel like comes up a lot on this show, actually. And I would still love if we could actually have an entire podcast episode just about the four agreements. But that is a book written by Don Miguel Ruiz, who basically shares four different four different agreements that he shares. If you live your your life by these four agreements, you'll just experience a lot more personal freedom, a lot less stress and um, frustration. Mm -hmm. You'll just live with like less burdens, essentially. So this is a quote from his book. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. I'm going to read that again. <laughs> that is Nothing so true, y'all. others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. I think this is so amazing. And in his book, he actually shares that even when people say something kind to you or give you a compliment, that still is not about you. That person might be having a great day. That, might, that person might want something from you unconsciously mm -hmm. or consciously. That person, I don't know, maybe they just like, you know, just <laughs> want to like flatter you. But 
Um, it, it speaks to just like being confident in your own self, regardless right. if someone's telling you something amazing, if someone is like swearing at you and tearing, tearing you down. Um, and then I think that this also speaks to the importance of not dwelling too much on when people do say something that bothers you or when something goes unsaid. Oh yeah. Like I have found myself even recently having moments where I'm like, Oh, why did that person say that to me? Or like, why didn't this person like thank me? Or why didn't this person acknowledge what I did? It has nothing to do with me. (laughs) And that's one of the things I've also come to realize, like the way that people treat you or respond to you isn't always about you. And you really don't, and I, th- I think it also comes from a place of, like, not recognizing or realizing that people have these lives that you may not know anything about. And so you don't know what this person is going through. You don't know what this person's, like, past experiences have been. Exactly. Um, and so that's why, I mean, I can definitely relate to that as well. What about don't yours? Don't take anything personally. Well, one thing I know for sure is that I don't know sometimes. That's a good And one. I've become really confident in not knowing at times. I think a lot of times as human beings or, you know, folks that are just dealing with everyday things and life experiences, there's this, like, expectation of, like, always knowing something and knowing how things are going to turn out. And I think one of the things that I've really learned in the past two years um, while I guess, quote unquote, journeying and like trying to like find my niche or like find myself or find like what it is that I should be doing. I've come to learn that like I don't know everything and I still don't know everything about myself. Like I'm still learning things about myself. I've been put in situations over the past year that have like challenged what I know about myself Um, as well as the people around me. And so I used to be this person who would always worry about like, okay, so like, what am I going to do next? You know, like when I left school, I was like, what am I going to do next? What job am I going to get? You know, I I remember that (laughs) literally. I'm like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I've now reached this point in my life where if I don't know, that's okay. Like, because we don't always know. And, um, I think there's there's some sort of like beauty that exists in uncertainty because unexpected situations can happen, unexpected opportunities. And so if there's anything I've learned over the past few years that I'm sure of is that I don't always know. And that's okay. I love that. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, too. <laughs> You know, yeah, like sometimes some days you might have a realization that's so big and you're just in awe (laughs) or you You have realizations about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's like when you have those moments of like self-reflection or um, introspection, you start to realize things about yourself and you're like, oh, my God, I did not know that about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. So I've been learning, learning that. Well, my (laughs) next thing that I know for sure is that good things take time. Yes. And I've talked about this before. Like, this is one of my like favorite mantras, actually. But 
it's one that I have to just keep on relearning because I really, again, like I think we were talking about this a few minutes ago, but like I'm very ambitious. I very much see a specific vision that I want for my life and my career and both of those things being very much intertwined. And I'm just so eager to like have it now. And if it's going to be good, as Solange has demonstrated, <laughs> you need to take your mother loving time on it. So um, this whole idea of rushing the process is ridiculous because the process is the most beautiful thing of all. You know, Um, once you arrive at like your quote unquote destination, sometimes you look back and realize like all those little experiences were divine. All those experiences were just meant to be and that you might have been like kind of closing your eyes through it. So I've really, really, really witnessed this. I think in particular with Black Girl and Ohm, like we're two years in, two years. It's like we're like a baby organization, basically. We're like a baby brand. Um, So many beautiful things have already happened within Black Girl and Ohm. But sometimes I find myself being like, oh, but we're not doing this. or we're not doing that, you know. And I think that the more that I can just remember that good things take time, all in due time (laughs) and it speaks to intention like when you are intentional and patient about building something Mm -hmm. you like I'm I'm trying to say this but I I tweeted about this earlier because I actually woke up thinking about this Mm -hmm. and I feel that things that are done without intention or patience are not sustainable Mm -hmm. and I feel like if you want something to be sustainable and something that you want to exist for a long time, you really have to take your time in developing it because when you rush things, you may lose, there's some gaps that are like created along the way. True. And so I think that as you were saying, like good things come with like time, like that's, that's real. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Especially in regards to building a platform or a voice that speaks to a certain group of people, such as women of color and black women, mm-hmm. um, it's something so sensitive and like there's such a responsibility to that, that, you know, the work that we have been doing with black girl mom, I feel like it is important to like take our time. Right. Um, so another thing that I am sure of and have certainty around that I've come to grow in is that I am sure of my purpose as far as who I am and what I stand for. And it's honestly taken me such a long time to get here. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I'm i obviously a very opinionated person and a very passionate person. And for folks who haven't had like serious or in-depth conversations with me may not realize that but opinions that I have are not always like the most like, I guess, popular opinion. And I've become comfortable with that. And I become comfortable and sure that I can be who I am and say what I want and exist in any space, regardless of who's in the room or like where it is. And I used to be so self-conscious about, you know, how I speak, how I present myself. What does this person think? What does this person like see? And I've kind of like gotten over that. I've actually (laughs) noticed that. 
I've noticed that. I just, that. like, I've just had this attitude where I'm like, I don't care. Like, and it also speaks to, like, what Lauren was saying earlier about not taking things personally. Mm-hmm. And, like, I ca- I've come to the realization that things I may say in certain circles, folks may take them personally. And it's not an attack on people. But it's just generally, like, this, I think, developed perspective that I've, like, grown into to, like, look at things objectively more. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, well, that's one of the things I become. And I think that's sure powerful, too. And you know this about me. Right. I am always encouraging other women of color, especially our peers, to be a lot more bold with, like, their opinions, their desires, their, like, confidence. Like, if you're successful, share that success. I think that goes hand in hand with what you're sharing about, like, just being like you in every space and being able to own that. And if other people get uncomfortable with that, it's like, that's on you. <laughs> like, that's really on you. Yeah. So um, I think that's really great that you've stepped into that. And um, you said that it's taken you a long time to get there. But I think that it's awesome that you have gotten there because some people never arrive at that moment at all in their lives. There are people, And it's who, a scary thing because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, being yourself, it sounds like the most simple of concepts <laughs> but it's not and like I've come to the realization that you know speaking the opinions that I have and like saying the things that I have to say or just outwardly just being who I naturally am that that may result in I don't know consequences or something um, but I've also come to learn that silencing yourself like there's there's a sort of like death in that that like I don't that I don't want to wish on anybody. Right. And so as I've grown, like I've just come to tell myself, like, just be who you are. Right. Just like, don't think about other people or their opinions. Just be you. And And what you said right now is really powerful too, that by basically by compromising, there's a death in yourself. I feel like, and this kind of gets to my third thing, (laughs) which I'll get to in a second, but um, the more that you, practice and it is a practice if you constantly are hiding certain aspects or covering certain aspects of yourself or your opinion or expression then you basically turn into like a muted version of yourself over time right sometimes then you have to like later on if you realize that you have to like then do the work to get yourself back to yourself right like who you actually are so it's like you can practice being your fullest expression of yourself which might be challenging and might make mm-hmm. some people uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, it's going to make you feel free and it's right. your authentic. And I think other people feel that too. Like, yes. and so like people appreciate folks who are just unapologetically who they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be scary sometimes initiating that, but I think overall the reward and feeling of it is, ultimately a benefit all right uh another thing well I guess I'll go into (laughs) what this kind of speaks to this idea of um practice makes practice so in any area of our lives or I'll just speak to me in any area of my life I want to continuously learn how to strive for practicing and bettering whatever it is that I can practice or better rather than striving for perfection I think before I used to strive for perfection. I used to think that like I could be like just like perfect in certain areas. And then 
I've just learned that that's <laughs> that's not ideal. That's not attainable, nor should it be. So um, I think that I mean yoga always teaches me teaches me this. You could one day you know hit the splits i mean i've never been able to get the splits hit the splits i love how you <laughs> one day hit the splits, hit the splits y'all. But the next day you can't you know and that's not like that shouldn't be a, a source of frustration or of like you know lack but it's more so just like all right this is who i am in this moment i'm just gonna breathe through it and i'm still me you know so I'm, um, I'm really trying to embrace this. It's definitely something I've learned for sure that practicing, you know, patience, practicing forgiveness, practicing love, um, all of these things are practices and I'm never going to be perfect at it, but I can always try. And that's what's really the most important. I think it was Ta-Nehisi Coates that came out with, um, I can't remember if it was a short video clip or if it was something that I read I'm sure it was a video clip and he talks about this thing around what you were just saying around like practice like what does it mean in our current time to have something that we're currently practicing Mm -hmm. and like developing a skill set but also knowing that we'll never actually perfect it that throughout our lives we're constantly practicing whatever that skill set is whether it is like I don't know, being, as you were saying, like a yoga instructor and practicing yoga, like you may never perfect your yoga practice, but you're constantly practicing and you're constantly right. getting better. Um, and so, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. That's good. Nice. <laughs> what is another thing that I'm sure of? I am sure of my social responsibility as an artist that's that's really good I've been thinking about this a lot and this is another conversation that I had with James I keep throwing James in the mix (laughs) (laughs) but it was on my mind because I thought about this before we came here today and I've really been thinking about as someone who is really invested in culture and art of the sorts I've become very intentional about moving towards being a more I guess socially responsible person in regards to the type of work that I produce Mm -hmm. and I mean there's a lot of pressure that a lot of people experience especially black artists or black makers however you identify yourself to create work that is for the collective Mm -hmm. and I feel like that can be a burden sometimes, but on the other hand, I feel I've also taken pride and like accepted the fact that like I'm on this earth, like for the sole purpose of, you know, sharing stories and uplifting other people. And I think that's one of the things that I've become very sure of. And like in the beginning, when I first started practicing art, it was very, um, I mean, it was very focused on me because at that time, that's what I needed. I needed a practice that was going to help me facilitate my self-care and like encourage me to love myself more and critique myself in really healthy ways. But as I've grown since then, I've come to realize that that happened because it needed to happen at a particular time. That's amazing. And where I am now, I'm thinking like, no, I don't need to like have my art reflect me, but also how can I reflect others through my access and my knowledge and um, 
So yeah, I become very certain of the fact that like that's what I need to do. And I feel very rooted in that and I feel very grounded in that and I feel very comfortable in the fact that like I not that I want to, but I feel like I have to yeah. produce work that uplifts and resonates with, you know, collective black folks. And I'm very unapologetic about that also, really being rooted in the fact that the artwork that I produce and the imagery that I produce or the photography projects that I'm working on are specifically for black people. I love that. And yeah, so I'm very, I'm very sure of that, of being more socially responsible and also being aware of the privileges that I have and how I can, you know, be a bridge or access of resources for other folks who don't have the same privileges as me. And like Mm -hmm. that can be, it can be daunting to think, think about that. But I think I've also become comfortable with that and sure of, um, I don't know, my social obligation. (laughs) Yeah. No. And even everything you share right now relates back to one of the things that I said I knew for sure about good things taking time because you spoke to the necessity for you to go through the phase where you're doing self-portraitures all the time. Like, I remember that. I remember that. That's like when I first met you, like the majority of your work was self-portraits. And like you said, it was necessary at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's not like you won't ever do that again, but it's like right. that the intensity with which you were doing it at that time was necessary so that you could get to this realization right. of what your work overall will be speaking to and, and the purpose that it's rooted in. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm always... I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I I love James Baldwin. And he has this piece called, um, if I'm saying it right, I think it's called The Integrity of the Artist. And in this piece, like, he really talks about the weight of, like, being an artist and, like, what it means to use your gifts or talents or whatever it is that you have to further expand culture and Mm -hmm. expand humanity and he was really talking in regards to black folks at that time and I listened to this speech around about like probably like once a year and every time I listen to it it just becomes like more and more clear to me that as an artist I do have a responsibility and whereas before I really wasn't thinking along those terms yeah if y'all have a gift out there a talent use it for real use it in a meaningful way yes So let's take uh, a little break, but everyone just hold tight. Um, We wanted to share something with you from our post-loudness team, and then we'll get back to the other things we know for sure, and we'll hear uh, a few of your your wisdoms and, and your experiences that you all shared with us the other day. Wakey, wakey, Upper East Siders. Gossip Girls here, your one and only source into the scandalous lives of rich white teens. I'm S. And I'm C. And we're Gossip Girls. And Gossip Girl, yes, it has been canceled since 2012, but we review every episode here at Post Loudness every Monday. You can check us up on our website, gossipgirls.symbolcast.fm, or you can follow us on Twitter at Gossip Girls Pod. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Um, we're going to continue. We both have two more things to share, I think. Yes. Yeah, two more What are things. we on? Four? Yeah. 
so. yeah, I'm horrible with numbers, y'all. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> so one of mine is really simple. This is kind of in honor of my grandmother, who's still alive. I feel like I just have to say that because when I said in honor of my grandmother, you know, that could have certain connotations. We should honor more people that are still alive. present yes. in our lives. Yes. yes. So yes. Lillian Lazenberry Martin, this is for you. <laughs> Literally, my grandmother, since I was a baby, has said, don't take any wooden nickels. Oh. So what do you think that means? Don't take anything that you feel, I guess, isn't worthy of yourself. Yeah. That's how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Isn't worthy, isn't real. Like a wooden nickel, what can you do with that? Nothing. Basically, don't take no bullshit. <laughs> exactly. That's what she, that's what she Literally. Was literally. <laughs> like, she said it to me last week on the phone, and she right. said it to me, like, you know, 28 in years all ago areas when I was in her life. arms. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's just very wise. She's, like, from the South, Louisiana, was a single mom of six kids. Like, oh, wow. she did it all. And she's still doing it all. And, um... Yeah, I have really just seen how it rings true. Like, I used to just laugh at it when she would say it. And now I realize just how real it is. <laughs> like, and I think it really speaks to intuition as well because we know when something's not for us. We know when someone's not for us. We know when a situation is not for us. Even if it seems mm-hmm. and looks like the real thing or like a good opportunity or like, oh, maybe if I just do this for a little bit, nah. We know when something is a wood nickel. So really short, sweet. I really don't have anything more to say than that because my grandma never explained it either. (laughs) But it's very self-explanatory, though. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I also feel like that's what Solange was saying on her album. Like, come on, y'all. Don't take no wood nickels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Yep. It's it's not worthy of our time. (laughs) Let's see. So one thing that I know I'm sure of is that I am where I need to be right now. I think that I do this and I know a lot of people do this. We have these like crazy expectations of like where we should be. Mm -hmm. And this was me going through like a semi life crisis on my 25th birthday I was like oh my god I'm not where I wanted to be by 25 and I don't know what I was thinking years ago but I was like I'm gonna have this by the time I'm 25 I'm gonna be working where I want to work I'm gonna be on my way to like becoming like this great whatever and I've just come to the realization that I am where I am because this is where I need to be And that's also acknowledging the struggles, but also, like, the growth that exists in being in that space. So, yeah, I mean, it's just really that simple. It's like I am where I need to be. And also I think that goes along with not comparing yourself to others. And I think me and Lauren had this conversation once, but it's like, for example, with Black Girl at Home, Mm -hmm. like – you have had brands or organizations that start and like in the same year that they start, they instantly like become successful. Mm -hmm. And I've just come to learn that like everyone's path is different and you just have to accept that you are where you are. And also a lot of us are late bloomers. Like I may not get to where I want to be until I'm 50 and I'm okay with that. And so I think that, 
I've just become more comfortable and certain about accepting where I am and realizing that there are certain, um, I guess, quote unquote, rites of passage um, things that I have to experience before I, you know, get to where I where I want to be. Yeah. I don't think anyone listening would consider you a late bloomer, though, Zakia. <laughs> I think you're you're doing all right. But you speak to something that is very true for me as well, which is that like from outside perspective, sometimes it looks like, oh, that person's life is perfect. Girl, tell but me about it. We're all going through <laughs> things. And if it's not right. one thing, it's another thing. And right. so I think it also speaks to like not really comparing yourself exactly. against the, the perceived life of someone else. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is so key. Um, my last one is also kind of short and sweet. Um, and this is the one that I actually shared in my post the other day. But um, it's just that God has smiled on me. So I, think, I love it. <laughs> I think it acknowledges two things that I know to be true for me. It's A, the presence of God in my life. And I actually would say that unlike even 10 years ago, so when I was 19, I actually would say that I actually have a less clear and confident understanding of like of of God in a religious sense, but I have more of a spiritual understanding of God as someone and as a presence that has just again and again showed up in my life and has like affirmed me or like encouraged me to a certain situation or certain choice. Um, and I'm actually completely okay with that. I think that I'm embracing God as a mystery more than as like something I have to figure out. Um, and then the fact that God has smiled at me really speaks to the fact that, um, I think that I have a more, um, I guess loving understanding of God rather than like a scary presence or something to be feared or like what's going to happen when I die sort of understanding, um, I mean, that's how most of us are taught. Yeah. And I think that's that's exactly it. Like I grew up going to church every Sunday um, and I grew up in a, a private Christian school until high school as well. And I definitely did did um, gain a lot of positive things from that um, and and, you know, don't want to take away from that. But I think a lot of things that I also learned, too, which um, is in part because of some unhealthy like family dynamics that I had, I had, especially in relationship to my dad, I did have some of like the fear of like in, in a negative way, like the fear of God kind of, or like the like scariness of the afterlife and things like that. And I don't really have that anymore. And I don't really want to have that. <laughs> and I definitely don't want to teach that to my children. Um, I so, can definitely relate to that. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely, um, I absolutely affirm the, the presence of God in my life and prayer is something that I've actually been like trying to cultivate again, more with a different understanding of like why I'm praying. I'm not praying because I'm just like fearful, but I'm praying because I'm like wanting to affirm, you know, love into my life and wanting to give gratitude for things that have been showing up in my life. The list goes on. So just kind of like relearning and, um, and embracing God, but in a different way, in many ways than how I was taught when I was younger. I can definitely relate to that. And I mean, even in my own family, I have a similar interpretation of God. And 
of course, it's not always accepted. <laughs> but I've come to the realization because it's like I myself have a prayer practice. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when we speak of spiritual practices like that, uh, a lot of people equate that to this very like, I guess, rigid religious practice or whatever but I think it's beautiful that we can have our own interpretations of God and what that looks like for us Mm -hmm. so another one last thing that I know that I'm sure of (laughs) is that I have people that love me and I think love isn't really something I've thought of that deeply until about like a year ago, two years ago. And I've come to learn that love looks various different ways Mm -hmm. and that there are people in my life that show me in ways that they love me and they may not say it. It may not be through verbal communication. It may Mm -hmm. just be subtle things like things that they do for me or things that they share or certain moments that they are vulnerable with me. And so I... You know, I used to go through this thing where I didn't think I was, like, deserving of love. Mm -hmm. And that came from a lot of, like, self-doubt that I used to have. But I've grown to know that, like, there are people in my life who love me. And, like, they show Mm -hmm. me that all the time. And even the people who may not outwardly express that, I still know that they do. Right. Um. And I'm also still learning that everyone, and this goes back to like the five love languages that we talked yes. about with Brittany Josephina, I think it was episode three, three, yeah. was it? three or four. Yeah, it was three or four. And love just looks different ways from different people. And so I'm very, very certain of that, that I'm surrounded by people who love me and care about me. Yes. And that's been challenged like more so in the past year and two years. Mm-hmm. I hope that everyone who's listening got something from this. I think that there might be some resonance with some things that we shared. You might have different things that you've learned and that's the beauty. So we actually wanted to share some of the feedback from our community, from our post on social media the other day. So again, interact with us online. We read everything. Sometimes we'll share, so you might see your name or hear your name pop up on our <laughs> podcast. But um, Foxy Riri, I like that name. Foxy Riri shared, <laughs> I know for sure that no thing will ever be more important in my life than the relationships I create, grow, nurture, gracefully let go of, and rebuild along the way. Yes! Oh my God, I love that. I love it too. I love that. Relationship building is important. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's so important. It is. And I thought that what was really interesting was when she said gracefully let go of. Gracefully let go of. That's something that, I mean, I'll I'll speak for myself. Sometimes it's hard for me to let go of a relationship, but doing it with like grace, which is what she emphasizes. That's a challenge. That's important. Like it's not something that like, Sometimes we let go of relationships in like shady ways, to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's like, okay, I don't want to engage with this person anymore. So I'm just going to like avoid, 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 avoid. It's like, and that doesn't help. Yeah. Cause it's just going to come back. I was actually listening to a podcast 
by Miley Teal this morning, and she was discussing that thing. Like, sometimes when you, I guess, quote unquote, as this person stated, when you gracefully leave a relationship or a partnership of any sorts, that not everything requires um, a response. And I think that it's also realizing, as you said as well, like not to take things personally. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Thank you so. for sharing that with us. Yeah. Foxy Riri. I love <laughs> Foxy your Ray name. Ray? I love your name <laughs> and I love your gem that you gave us. Uh, um, so someone else. Um, this is great. At peace three, the number three. She shared, what I know for sure is that every day is a new beginning. We can start, improve, begin again anytime we choose to. I know for sure that God watches over me and provides me with comfort, joy, and wisdom. Will I listen? What I know for sure is that life is beautiful and it's a gift. Be grateful for air, the sun, water. What I know for sure is that I am blessed. So they shared a lot. I like that. Yeah. My, I think my favorite, I mean, they're all, it's all great. But my favorite was um, what she was talking about, about every moment is an opportunity to be new, to start over. And there's so nobody true. checking for you to start no. over. There's nobody like that has anyone a deadline. And that's another thing I think that comes with certainty is being comfortable in knowing that you can start over basically whenever you want. Yeah. Like there's no one... Who's like rushing you to be a certain thing or to live your life in a certain way that operates on some like crazy timeline. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, if you're starting over in a way that's like you're you're trying to like improve like a certain thing about yourself that will impact others. Some people might not believe you right away, but it's about like the practice makes practice idea that we were talking about earlier. Like you know, if you've been consistently, like, just an angry person and you start cultivating more seeds in your life for, like, positivity and just kindness, someone might not believe you when you're trying right. to be kind. <laughs> but I think it's about that intention of, like, just putting in the effort, putting in the work and practicing it. And practice you can surprise practice. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, let's share one more. Um... I love this one. Wit underscore Hazen shared, I just turned 29 and I had a similar desire to take stock of the lessons and wisdom I've been able to glean from life so far. What I know for sure is that so much healing can take place within me when I take responsibility of my life and how I show up. When I take responsibility over my words and my actions, I'm acknowledging how powerful I am in creating a reality for myself where I can be vulnerable, courageous, and successful on my own terms. I mean, that reminds me of Brittany Josephina, too. Yes. Which I think is why she's so huge on mantras and affirmations. It's like, mantras and affirmations, you could look at them and roll your eyes and think, oh, it's just something, like, nice to say. If you live your life by them, if you are looking at it every day. Words have power. Speaking out loud, exactly. You can transform your very being and, like, the reality around you. It's like we were talking about um, Octavia Butler. Yeah. And that letter that she wrote to herself when she was young about yes. all of the things that she wanted to accomplish and the type of person she wanted to be yeah. and that she actively took the time to write those things down. It's just, 
amazing, beautiful to me. It's absolutely amazing. Again, this is episode 10. I'd really love for us to look ahead. We have a few more episodes in this season, y'all. And um, it would be so amazing if you could email us or tweet us or Instagram us your ideas for topics that we should explore for the rest of this season or for season two. So more details on that. Also, why don't we announce our amazing thing in November? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> I can't even believe we didn't mention this earlier. So we are so excited to announce that uh, we will be speaking at the first annual Chicago Podcast Festival in Chicago on November. Let me double check. <laughs> on November 18th. Excuse me. On November 19th at the Promontory. We'll be sharing a lot more information about that as it nears. But for those of you local who want to join us for our very first live podcast, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I think it actually is on the 18th, but details will come soon. <laughs> just just stay just stay with us, you all. <laughs> practice makes practice. Yes. <laughs> and you will receive more information as we gather it ourselves. Also, find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, you can follow us on Snapchat. Special thank you to Colleen B. and Peter Espenson for the awesome jams throughout our podcast episode. This was also a production of Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer identified hosts. This episode was produced by James T. Green and also mixed by James T. Green. So thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Post loudness. Audio on the French. <laughs>